to Love in Action, Autumn Ridge Women's podcast-based study of Romans 12. Today, we're looking at verses that are a key scripture for understanding a key topic in what it means to live out our faith in a way that's pleasing to God. Today's verses, verses 6 through 8, focus on the topic of spiritual gifts. But because no topic in Scripture, or any verses in Scripture, exist in isolation, let's recall quickly what we've seen so far in this chapter that prepares us for what we're going to discuss today. So two weeks ago, we said that verses 1 and 2 are the foundational verses for the whole chapter, calling us to offer ourselves as an ongoing, living sacrifice to God, which is our rational, worshipful response to Him because of the incredible mercies that He's shown to us. Last week, in verses 3 through 5, we began talking about what it looks like to live out our lives as a sacrificial offering to God, as we saw how important it is to think rightly of ourselves in light of the grace that He has given to us, and to recognize that we are all, by God's design, a necessary part of the body of Christ. Well, it is from there that today's verses about spiritual gifts flow. And I think it's exciting to mention that what we're going to talk about today, about building each other up through using our gifts, is connected to what will come next week, showing beautiful love and honor to each other. One can almost get lost in worship when you really begin to dive in and see how richly all of these verses are knitted together to help us love God and to put that love in action as we love others. Joining me today to illuminate today's verses are two very bright women, Jan Wright and Robin Kaufman. Many of you have said how much you appreciated Jan's teaching on the introductory episode of this series, and so I'm so pleased to have her back at the microphone again. And I'm delighted to welcome Robin to the podcast for the first time. Robin is in the Bible memory group that I've enjoyed for many years, and she and I memorized this chapter, Romans 12, together several years ago. And I haven't told her this, but when I reflect on this chapter, oftentimes some of the thoughts that come to mind were things that she said as we discussed it and memorized it together. So that's why I'm so glad that she's agreed to share her wisdom and insights on this scripture that she knows so well with us today. Jan, Robin, welcome to you both. So, I'm thinking the best place to start is with the verses themselves. Why don't we read verses 6 through 8? Jan, do you have those for us? I do. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. There's all kinds of things that we could talk Mm -hmm. about in there and that we plan to talk about Mm -hmm. in there. But I think maybe before we get into the nuts and bolts of these verses, it's maybe worth just acknowledging that the spiritual gift topic is really exciting to some people, uh, but maybe not necessarily to everyone. Would either of you like to share your own reactions when you you heard you were the week that was going to (laughs) cover spiritual gifts? 
Well, I guess I would maybe be in the exciting category because um, the church that I was a part of didn't talk a lot about spiritual gifts when I was growing up. So I was more introduced to the whole um, spiritual gifts aspect when I was in college, you know, taking assessment tests and those kind of things. So I found it really exciting to figure out what my spiritual gifts were. I enjoy helping other people figure that out and more importantly, figuring out how they can use them within the church. Uh Uh-huh. How about you, Robin? Well, I'm going to compromise my ethos here a bit and say, I think I maybe even rolled my eyes when you you identified these verses. Um, In some ways, I feel like it's overtaught in the church Uh or... It, it, you know, it, it, at the very least, we we tend to pigeonhole people in particular gifts, or perhaps in the church, not acknowledge um, how gifts are you know used in one context and may be appropriate in the church as well. So, yeah, I had my reservations about these. I I, I love Romans twelve. These aren't my favorite verses. I'll say that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that because I think you know both uh, reactions, both opinions are are very representative of how many of us feel, and maybe even how we all feel individually at different times in our mm-hmm. life. There might be chapters where we feel excited to study this, and other times when we're feeling like, oh, I don't want this to be used as a guilt trip to tell me how I have to be serving right, right there's now. That. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, let's dive into these verses and tackle a couple of the phrases in verse six. I think uh, some of these early phrases in the first verse we're looking at can be a little bit confusing, um, especially in some of the different Bible translations. So why don't we start right in at the beginning? Um, let's talk about how Paul starts off here when he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Mm-hmm. Um Someone could read that and wonder if Paul is trying to say that maybe God's giving us different amounts of grace. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that would be a correct interpretation of what Paul intends? Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the benefits of crawling through a passage of Scripture, a verse or two at a time like this, is that we can slow down and really mm-hmm. divide the words, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, of the text as they are written. Um, I found this... Uh, as well as the phrase that comes a little later in the verse, in proportion to our faith, uh, the same concept uh, comes earlier in verse 3, somewhat problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I come across words like that, I, I the first thing I want to do, particularly when I'm taking a verse or two at a time like this, is to zoom out a little bit, right? Uh-huh. Look at the context. Yeah. And in this case, the context is clear. Um, we're talking about individual gifts to be used in a collective context for the benefit of the body of Christ, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. good. So that helps somewhat. Um, but it still doesn't it still doesn't address that issue of really is God pouring out a certain measure of faith here and there and mm. then the gifts accordingly, or if we have a particular amount of faith, do we get a bigger gift or a lesser <laughs> gift? Right. It does, so it does seem rather confusing. <laughs> it's it is, it is. Um and so in this particular case, um, you have to go back to the Greek to understand what's going on here. So the context is somewhat helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even the commentators, you know, I looked at probably half a dozen commentaries, <laughs> and most of them avoid these verses <laughs> conveniently for them, I might say. Um, but my trusty Tim Keller did not. Um, and so um, he illuminates the idea, first of all, in that first phrase, Um, that, uh, let's see, that according to the grace given, in the same way that salvation, right, is poured out upon us, grace is given in that way to grant us righteousness. Mm -hmm. It's also given 
um, to, to give us abilities mm-hmm. to use in his body, in his kingdom. And then um, later on, as, as he says, in proportion to our faith. Now, in this particular phrase, he's talking about prophecy. So we're to prophesy in proportion to our faith. Well, that's a little wacky, right? I think. <laughs> I mean, you said, Svea, the other day, like, you know, well, you don't want someone to prophesy just a little if they have just a little faith, right? It doesn't yeah, even make sense. Yeah, that would be sense. ridiculous. It right? doesn't make sense to yeah. interpret it. So, whereas the first phrase maybe is a syntactical issue, the second phrase really, it comes down to the Greek. And um, Tim Keller says that, um, he says in in a Roman study, um, people read this as meaning the amount of his faith, um, but literally the Greek reads according to the analogy of his faith. Mm. Now, what does that word mean? Analogy, mm-hmm. right? It's a literary device. Yeah, you're a good word person. Yes, <laughs> right. My favorite thing. So, um, yeah, for other word geeks out there. So I went to <laughs> Merriam-Webster. Um, so we know what an analogy is. We use that word, but Merriam-Webster says it's a comparison of two otherwise unlike things based on a resemblance of a particular aspect. So if we look at that meaning our lives are to be an analogy to Christ, apart from Christ, we are completely unlike him. Mm. But if we are an analogy to him, mm. he makes us like him, right? Mm. It's That idea is found in Galatians 5 within the context of the, the fruit of the Spirit um, when we are... Paul tells us to walk by the Spirit. So walking by the Spirit is walking beside Christ and being like him in that way. Mm. So we are to mm-hmm. prophesy in accordance with the faith that we're given, yeah, in, be tru- in the truth of his it. words, mm-hmm. his scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Not apart from him. Yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. for illuminating that for us. Maybe just here's a simple, this is not nearly as scholarly as what Robin just presented, but but I was thinking when we first were drawing some of this out, we're not that far out from Christmas when we were working on this. And I was thinking, you know, I gave different Christmas gifts to my mm-hmm. kids. Each of their gifts were equivalently worth the same but they got very different things based on who they were. You know, my daughter got a jacket that she was hoping to get. One of my sons got a cordless drill. Now, if I had given a diff- those gifts to each other, my daughter would not have enjoyed or appreciated a cordless drill, and the jacket wouldn't have fit my son. So it would have been completely worthless to each of them. Even though they were both highly worthwhile gifts, they're gifts that were suited for that person. Mm-hmm. And I love thinking of when God is choosing to give us different gifts that he knows that we can use to serve the body. He knows each of us just like we know our children. Mm -hmm. And while he's giving us these grace Mm -hmm. gifts, the grace he's giving us is equivalent. It's worth the the same in his eyes and in the eyes of the church, but they're, they're gifts that are suited for us. They differ according to that grace that God's giving us the as gifts individuals. themselves are a grace. Yeah, yeah the like, gifts are yeah. definitely a grace. I love that mm-hmm. example. I feel like that adds a lot of clarity to understand, you know, equal in proportion, but specifically tailored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robin, you'd mm-hmm. said something the other day as we were preparing these thoughts about the, the importance of Christ and the gifts. And and it gets a little bit to something that, that I was going to throw out maybe as a discussion question of what's the difference between gifts as gifts, you know, just talents versus why these gifts are specifically important for us in the church. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, to some degree, you guys steer me uh, the the right way here if I'm speaking wrongly, but um, to some degree, uh, gifts, uh, God creates us with particular abilities or interests or passions or whatever yeah. they may be. And then he pours out our his grace on us uh, in some sense to transform those abilities, if you will, into a spiritual gift, yeah. into something that's mm-hmm. going to build up the body of Christ, right? So, you know, on one hand, um, any talent or ability we have is a gift of God. It is a grace, Mm -hmm. um, even outside of the church, right? But inside of the church, maybe particularly a local body, um, it then has a, a spiritual application. It is a spiritual gift given for the purpose of building up the body. So I see it somewhat distinctly in that way mm-hmm. would would you agree that there are in, inherent abilities are have different applications in different contexts oh, i think right? so yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, actually talk more about spiritual gifts in uh, in general. Now, I mean, we could easily spend a whole session on each specific gift and get into the details behind prophecy and service and teaching and all of that kind of stuff. And we've chosen not to do that, rather to take more of a general approach at these kinds of things. I wonder, um, I'm looking at you right now, Jan, could you maybe talk us through some principles for understanding spiritual gifts? Robin just brought out that they're a great thing for building up the church, mm-hmm. but uh, but well, Paul in this passage lists um, several gifts. Um, he lists prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, and acts of mercy. And those are not um, an exhaustive list of all the gifts available. In fact, if you look at other New Testament passages, you'll see slightly different. Um, explanations of each of those gifts. And as you said, we're going to kind of take them as a whole. We'd need a podcast plus for each one if we wanted to dig into that. But I think some overall principles for understanding spiritual gifts is first, if you're a believer, then you have at least one gift Mm. that is specifically given for building up the church. And those, you know, you want to identify what those are. Um, And there are different ways to do that. There are lots of spiritual gift inventories online. You can find one very easily. If you're not an online person, most books have different um, ways to figure those out. I'll just interject and say in the the Friday emails that we send out with links for this podcast, we'll include a link to a spiritual gift inventory. If someone has never had the opportunity to take that and would like that chance, we'll we'll make that easy for you to to engage in that. Or if you want to check and see if they've changed over the years, they don't typically seem to change very much, but... uh, (laughs) It's, it's just kind of a fun tool, especially for personalities that might enjoy that, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, absolutely. And I would highly recommend doing that, especially if you've never done it before. Other ways to identify your spiritual gift is to think about what passions or dreams God has given you for what you like to serve. Um, you can also ask other people that you trust within the church, what do they see in you? What um, what kinds of uh, gifts have you exercised and what have been some of the impact of those? Where do you see fruit in your, in your life? All of those are different ways that you can begin to zero in and identify your spiritual gifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for that. Those are helpful mm-hmm. points. I wonder if maybe we could even just kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, when you brought out what passions and dreams has God given you for how you like to serve. How have you guys found that in your lives about how do you discern what's a passion and dream you have maybe just in general versus something that God could use Mm -hmm. uh, to serve the body of Christ? Is that something that either of you have 
considered? Well, I grew up in a really, really small church. And when I say really small, I mean like there were two people my age and the whole congregation maybe had <laughs> 30 people in it. But wow. for some reason, they rotated what happened on Wednesday night. And they happened to ask me, even when I was an early teenager, if I wanted to do the devotion one night. Hmm. And it was very interesting to hear what they had to say about that. You know, hmm. wow, you, you seem to have a real passion for this. You seem to have a gift for that. And so, you know, that really fed into me mm. starting to understand that, hey, maybe this is a gift that I didn't mm. realize, and then to begin to develop it and be mentored by others. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly God would, it would be very consistent with God to give you those kinds of opportunities to develop a gift if he knew that that was how he intended to <laughs> use you as an adult and and to serve in, in those kinds of ways. Um, I l- I'll just interject. I like what you um, are suggesting about the idea that others can affirm Mm -hmm. those things that you identify in yourself as interest, you know, your interest or abilities. It would seem bizarre to me to have a passion or have an interest and yet it not be affirmed by Mm -hmm. others in the context of something that is supposed to benefit others. Exactly. Um, So So if you think you're a great teacher, but the people around you don't really (laughs) identify that, you might need to go back and process that a little. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a really helpful point you guys Mm -hmm. are bringing out because it it addresses one of the little caveats that people sometimes bring up with this idea of taking a spiritual gift inventory is that that's a very isolated practice. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. answering questions. Sometimes those things can be influenced by the way the question was written. Mm -hmm. Um, so, So there's a an inherent um, kind of failure to put it into practice when you're just taking one of these little online assessment tools or something. So, so hearing that feedback from others is a great step in, mm-hmm. in affirming that. Um, how about where you've seen fruit in your life? You had, had that out. Now, Jan, maybe what you were expressing about getting to do devotions at your very small church, um, hopefully you saw some fruit in that that mm-hmm. was encouraging to you and encouraged you to take a step out in faith and try teaching again. Yeah, one of the things that I've found really interesting, too, is to see those gifts present in other people that they may not have seen or they don't have the confidence yet mm-hmm. to exercise them. And teaching, of course, since that's one of my passions, I often can spot that in other people. Mm-hmm. And what great fun it is to be able to say, have, have you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. Would you like to try it in a very small, mm-hmm. safe, you know, three-minute devotional or something mm-hmm. just to get a sense for that? And to see people begin to grow in those areas is just a tremendous thing to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, those are great thoughts about kind of using spiritual gifts in general. Um, Why don't we transition a little bit into another section, thinking about how we serve. And let's uh, let's look at what we see in these verses, um, not even just in 6 through 8, but going all the way back to verse 1, what we've seen in this chapter so far, that, uh, that helps give us some helpful points on how we should use our spiritual gifts, maybe even starting in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, so yes, there may be fruit, but th- we are indeed living sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? So this suggests that this may be hard mm-hmm. um, sometimes. It, there may be discouraging seasons or days or moments um, in exercising a gift. So I would say to keep that context in mind mm-hmm. that um, this is our response to the grace that is given us and to press on, right? Mm-hmm. Um 
and perhaps to do so cheerfully. Yeah. <laughs> May we ever, right? Well, and if it was always cheerful, Paul wouldn't have to remind us <laughs> right. to do things right. cheerfully. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. These are these are acts of service yes. rather than just necessarily a hobby we might be dabbling in on our free time. And uh, and so, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a way that we are offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to God and to serve his people. It's how we're putting love in action for the body of Christ. Right. And our service is to serve the church. It's not for our own benefit. You know, verse 3 reminds us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Mm -hmm. You know, our gifts are not to make us prideful because they're gifts. They're not something we've earned. Mm -hmm. Um, Nor should we be jealous or think less of someone else's gift. And, you know, I've I've been guilty of that in the past. I remember when I was growing up, my father was not very involved in church. And later in life, he recommitted to his faith and to the ministry of the church. But somehow, you know, as a young 20-something, I was expecting that his exercise of spiritual gifts would look like my gifts, which are Mm -hmm. teaching and administration. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, was he really committed Christian, you know, if he wasn't teaching Bible studies or organizing things? And I know that sounds very judgmental, because it is very judgmental. (laughs) But a few weeks after he died, his church noticed something very odd. It had snowed, and the parking lot was piled with white stuff. So yes, even in Kentucky, it does snow. (laughs) And the deacons could not figure out why the parking lot wasn't plowed, so they called the treasurer to look through the books to find out who was contracted to plow the parking lot. Hmm. And they discovered that nobody was paid to do this service. In fact, no one seemed to know who was responsible for plowing the parking lot. It Hmm. just had been properly plowed for years. So through a series of phone calls, it was finally discovered that my father had quietly gotten up early on snow days, driven his tractor to the parking lot, plowed it, and never said a word to anyone. Mm -hmm. So clearly, he had the gift of service. Mm -hmm. We each have different gifts, and they're all important for the service of the church. Incredible. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the other thing, just to go back to the idea that we are to be an analogy to Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, our gifts should be exercised consistently in a manner that... um, is worthy of Christ, right? That mm-hmm. points people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we should practice uh, scripturally. We, we need to be moored, that is, to the mm-hmm. truth of scripture um, in the words that we speak, in the acts of service that we conduct, in the encouragement or the generosity um, that we practice. So um, that, that, that for me, these two verses this time around, um, <laughs> even if I have studied them too often, um, there was this new <laughs> idea in there that, um, wow, we are an analogy to Christ and apart from him, um, the gifts maybe go null and void to some mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Without yeah. putting them into practice right. for that, that mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. I th- and I, I love that you brought that out because I think some of the details that we see in these verses, there's kind of three principles that, that I see Paul describes the gift in three different ways with prophecy. He brings out what you were saying, Robin, about mm-hmm. that we're doing this in this analogy of faith in this way that's consistent with our faith. Well, of course, we're not only using that one gift consistent with right. our faith. Mm-hmm. It would be right. all of these gifts we would want to be doing right. in this analogy to Christ in this way that's consistent with our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the gifts, like the next ones about teaching and service and, and exhortation, he doesn't really expand on it. He just says, if 
teaching just do it. in our teaching. <laughs> <laughs> and it right? seems really basic. Yeah. And it excited me when I was studying that aspect of it, wondering, like, did Paul just not have anything to say about those gifts or, or what? And one of the scholars was saying that the idea there is use the gift that you've been given. So if you are a teacher, well, then teach. You know, maybe it would be a poor use of your time to go out and do, you know, be the one like your father, Jan, who, who's out plowing <laughs> yeah, the driveway. Yeah, that would not be a good fit. <laughs> if, if, his, if your gift is to teach Sunday school that morning, you would be shortchanging your class if you spent your time serving in that way. Or the flip side's true. If, uh, if, if his gift was service, to put him in a teaching role mm-hmm. in the front of the, a Sunday school class could have been a horrible experience for him. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's a good thing for us to remember. We shouldn't feel like we would shy away from using the gift that we've been given. If teaching's your gift, then teach. Mm-hmm. If service is your, giving, your gift, then serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and not dilute it out or, or, or try to do something that's not a good fit. And the last mm-hmm. thing I see in these verses about how we are supposed to use our gifts is to have a positive attitude. I think it's kind of funny in these last set of gifts where Paul describes, you know, so if you're going to be someone who contributes, do it in generosity. If you lead, do it with zeal. If you do acts of mercy, do it with cheerfulness. Now, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't mean to imply that that acts of mercy are the only gifts you should be cheerful about. Right. I think we could say those those things apply across the board. So I think what he's trying to say is, is we should have these good attitudes as we use our gifts um, and, and that these things being consistent with our faith, using the gifts that we've been given and doing it in a way that's, that shows our positive attitude is important across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, we are... At that point, we're, we're running out of time already. Do you have any, any final thoughts before we close out? I want to make sure I didn't uh, shortchange you with anything else that you wanted to say. Looks like we've we've covered no, things pretty yeah, well. This was great. And, and and I take back everything I said about verses. <laughs> They're fabulous. Yeah. It's suddenly exciting to you. You can't yes, wait for right. the next time you that's study right. spiritual I really gifts. love to taking apart the, the words. I yeah. mean, that gives me a real picture to carry forth of that analogy of our relationship with Christ. Mm. Well, thank you both. Yeah. I really enjoyed getting to discuss these verses and this topic with you. Uh, And I'm looking forward to next week, too, when we move into kind of another section of this chapter, studying love. And here's just one little fun trivia thing for you to think of. Two of the major places where Paul talks about spiritual gifts are here and in 1 Corinthians 12. And right following when he talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is what's known as the great love chapter of the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, love is patient, love is kind. And so it can't be a coincidence that next week, even in this chapter, Paul is going to talk about love. So we will look forward to continuing on in Romans 12 next week as we seek to put love in action.